Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, folks. It's the one and only Feed the Grill Economist, and I have with me Harley Schlanger, a man who needs no introduction. You can get him over at SchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com, as well as the LaRouche Organization.com, the LaRouche Organization.com. The links will be in the description box. And with that out of the way, Harley, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. The uh, corrupt networks are getting more and more attention on them, and I think that's very deserving and uh, very useful. Absolutely, man. I, you know, where do you want to begin? There's so many things happening. The the corruption is rife everywhere we look, and there is more of an expose. Uh, you know, before we went live, you mentioned the venerable Fed chairman, the one and only the talented Mr. Jerome Powell. What has happened to this maven of monetary policy? Well, let me get to that in a moment, but I, I want to okay. start actually with something which I, I'm fairly certain you'll be in full agreement with, which is just watching the hypocrisy and the corruption of the both party establishment in the eulogizing of Colin Powell as an honorable man. You know, here's a guy who started his career for involved in the cover-up of the My Lai massacre, who as an official under the two Bushes in particular, presided over regime change wars, torture, uh, a lying, famous lying incident in front of the United Nations that led to the uh, war against Iraq. And the media covered this. The media and all the politicians who eulogized him covered it by saying, well, this was one stain on his record, but he acknowledged it and he was very embarrassed about it. Uh, he didn't really acknowledge it. The, the, he knew According to his aide, Lawrence Wilkerson, he knew that the intelligence was flawed on Saddam's weapons of mass destruction. And yet he gave a speech before the UN with uh, papers that were drafted by a CIA official who got a certain amount of this so-called intelligence from torturing an Iraqi who later withdrew his claim that, that he had any evidence of weapons uh, it also came from British intelligence, MI6, Sir Richard Dearloff and Tony Blair. And the famous speech where Powell essentially showed pictures of taco trucks in the Iraq desert, claiming they were chemical weapons labs. They were manufacturing <clears throat> Nigerian yellow cake. Yellow cake and anthrax. Remember, there had been an anthrax scare shortly after 9-11. So, you know, the idea that this was an honorable man who had a slip up, this is a guy who was promoted because of his willingness to do dirty work for the establishment. 
And people say, well, what could he have done? There was such pressure on him from Cheney and Rumsfeld and others. Well, he could have come out publicly and said, I just resigned because I refused to send American soldiers to die and kill in a war based on fake evidence. He didn't do that. That's not an honorable man. It, it reminds me of the Mark Antony speech about Brutus after he had stabbed Caesar, saying Brutus was an honorable man. So were they all honorable men, in a voice dripping with irony. Right. Well, you didn't hear that from anyone in the establishment, including Biden and the Democrats, who uh, appreciate Powell because he became a leading supporter of Barack Obama. In fact, I think it can be said that Powell paved the way for an Obama presidency. Mm. Right. Now, after that, the next one I want to go after is Christopher Steele and ABC News. You know, here you have the attempt to resurrect this lying, failed spy who was responsible for the uh, dossier that was really at the early heart of the Russiagate scandal. And he went on with uh, George Stephanopoulos and said, well, he's convinced that some of these allegations are true, including the so-called PP tape, the uh, uh, Michael Cohen in Prague. Some of the stories that were Every day in the media, uh, Adam Schiff, Pelosi, and others were pushing every single day as part of Russiagate, which all turned out to be false, which were the basis of the four FISA warrant applications by the FBI to spy on Carter Page and the Trump campaign. Right. So the question you have to ask yourself is, why is Christopher Steele coming out now uh, on an attack on essentially Trump and Putin. And I, I find it interesting that this is occurring on the eve of the COP26 conference, where the one world leader who's not going to Glasgow, Scotland, <clears throat> is uh, Vladimir Putin, and who's been saying that the Western governments have created the shortages, the supply line problems, the energy shortages, the uh, higher prices, they created it themselves with their bad policies. And interestingly, who agreed with Putin on that? Donald Trump. Yep. And so that's why Christopher Steele was trotted out. You know, what is this, Russiagate three or four? I, I lost count at this point, Harley. I, I think we're on yeah. uh, Ru Russiagate part five coming to a theater near you. Russiagate 5.0, The Return of Christopher Steele. Starring Christopher Steele as Christopher Steele. <laughs> and the ghost of Colin Powell with a vial of pee-pee from the Moscow Hotel. This here is a vial of urine. He's standing before <laughs> <laughs> the UN. <laughs> which, which George Tennant personally uh, vouched for. Uh, another wonderkind he is. Yeah. So I'm bringing these absurdities out because it does define when people say, how do we get into this mess? You can look back over 20 years and see that the intelligence community, the financial community, uh, the bankers have all been engaged in uh, fraud as a corrupt cabal, destroying the U.S. economy, destroying the Western European economy, and engaging in warfare against poor countries that won't go along with them and now threatening warfare against Russia and China, who won't go along with them, 
and then get egg on their face again as China launches a successful hypersonic vehicle that crosses over the South Pole to avoid our radar stations on the North Pole. And two days later, we launch one that failed. So, you know, the, if ever there was a time for a change in the paradigm, this is it. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Uh, I mean, with all the things that the West is doing, they're just pittering, pattering, and floundering around like a bunch of fish, all all at the same time, trying to create as much chaos as possible. Recently, we've heard that NATO's gearing up in in the Ukraine, Harley. Oh, sure they are. And and, uh, this is after there's been some back-channel discussions between Putin's people and Zelensky that maybe it's time for a discussion. And what you have is Lloyd Austin, who maybe is patterning himself after Colin Powell. Uh, He was in Ukraine this week and made the claim that the Russians are continuing to fan the flames in eastern Ukraine, not even acknowledging that the Azov Battalion, which is the neo-Nazis in the Ukrainian security forces, are the ones lobbing shells in the eastern Ukraine. Correct. So the Russians are trying to do something to cool it uh, with Zelensky. And uh, it looks as though there's a new effort to sabotage it. Also from uh, 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 Stoltenberg, the head of NATO, who said, we have to be prepared to defend one billion people on this planet. You know, as they say, NATO soldiers can't police the parade grounds effectively from cigarette butts, much less stop Russian hypersonic missiles in Europe. Well, the American Navy has proven to the fact that they can't even put out a ship fire and they let the damn thing just burn to oblivion, having a $3.2 billion loss. And that, that paperwork just recently come out. Harley, did you see that one? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, they're now, ready. To to, they're ready. To get to the Fed, I think this is interesting. Uh, I don't know if you ever look at Wall Street on parade, but, but they've been on this case pretty effectively. First, you have Robert Kaplan, the Goldman Sachs alum who became the head of the Dallas Federal Reserve Branch, who had to resign because he was placing, they say, between one and five million dollars a day in bets, uh, probably through a Goldman account, yep, a hidden Goldman account, while he's at the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. And then Rosengren in Boston had to resign uh, over a similar thing. And they say he was actually placing bets with Citigroup money. So these are guys who are supposed to be monitoring and overseeing the banking system. Oh, they, they are, but but they're they're overseeing the banking system to the benefit of their portfolio. Well, <laughs> they're, they're overseeing that there are others making money that they're not, and they're trying to get in on it. Correct. Then you have the latest on Jerome Powell, who dumped between one and five million dollars of a Vanguard a Vanguard shares on October first, two thousand twenty, a day in which he had four conversations with Mnuchin about what the Fed and the Treasury were going to do as part of the bailouts. Right. So when he was questioned about this, he said, "Well, we had some family bills to pay. Uh, really, between one and five billion dollars. What was it? An expensive dentist." Unbelievable. You know, yeah. By the way, he also has no mortgage on his home. He owns his home outright. So Pam Martins of the uh, Wall Street on Parade is saying, what's the actual story here? And needless to say, Powell's spokesperson refused to take the call. Hmm. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. And these are the people who are supposed to run the Great Reset. Exactly. The Great Reset is the last great globalist cash grab before the whole thing goes pop. That's all it is. That's all it is. Nothing that they're going to implement can actually transverse. The processes that are involved in transitioning to this green new world that they're envisioning can never happen. It can never happen. It's, it's, It's systematically impossible. It will just end in destruction, which is what they want, because they they uh, gain to profit from that. Well, you, you have this new thing that was set up by Mark Carney, former head of the director of the Bank of England, who's now the climate czar. He replaced uh, Bloomberg as the climate czar. He set up something called the Net Zero Banking Alliance. And this is a, uh, a, a grouping which is policing the carbon, the, the loans to companies that are involved in carbon uh, production. And what they're essentially looking at is construction firms that use concrete and steel because these are, quote, carbon footprints. Then the Net Zero Banking Alliance operates under the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero, which is going to be given a big public opening uh, this next week in Glasgow, if anyone shows up for it. Then they've set up a net zero asset managers initiative where Larry Fink of BlackRock, (coughs) excuse me, is one of the leaders of that. Then the Federal Reserve and the Treasury have both set up policing operations to investigate where loans are going and if any of them are going to companies which violate the net zero policy. So we just put out, it was just up on the screen, a, a, a wake-up call that was uh, produced by Helga Zeplarouche and uh, Gus Burkhout, who is the director of something called Climate Intelligence, which is a, a company, or which is a, a think tank, which is exposing the fraud of man-made climate change. And the wake-up call basically says, what is it that they're really attacking? They're attacking the image of man. The idea that that human beings have the capacity to, there it is on the screen now, a wake-up call. Human beings have the capacity to solve problems. They have the capacity to transform nature to serve the interests of the entire human race. And that that's the reason we now have a planet with over seven and a half billion people on it. Not because of uh, animal-like instincts and uh, drive for sex and, and greed, but because human beings have created the capability to provide for that many people. Correct. And there's no reason why we can't provide for more, except for the idiocy of people like Klaus Schwab and the people who are backing him. And V, one thing on this, there was a, a big hubbub in England today over whether the Queen could go to the climate conference. Mm. Uh, of course, Prince Charles will be there. Prince William will be there. I think the ghost of Prince Philip will be wandering the halls. <laughs> no, he'll be and he'll be a, he'll be a fly. He'll be the virus that's the, that's going to be. Over he'll there. be the virus. That's right. And the Queen was supposed to go to Northern Ireland today to preside over some commemoration there. And of course, the people of Northern Ireland were very happy that she wasn't feeling well enough to go. But they're saying it would be such a boost to the climate conference, since Putin's not going, since they're not sure if Xi is going, it would be a big boost if uh, the queen showed up. Now, two people who had previously said they were not going, uh, Modi of India 
and the Prime Minister of Australia both changed their minds after discussions with Prince Charles or, or Prince William. So essentially, the Commonwealth countries were told, get your asses in here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the, 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 the two countries that are not going to be part of this nonsense is going to be Russia, it's going to be China, and the basically the entire Eurasian trade zone uh, that's not going to be part of this nonsense. And I don't know how these morons in the broken solvent West are going to even pull this off and try to get their... I think whatever they're planning, Harley, it's just going to affect the West. It's not affecting the rest of the world. And we, you know, a lot of times people think that what's happening locally to them is happening to the entire planet, and it's not. Well, what's happened? What's affecting the West now is it already is the Green New Deal. That's why yeah, it's we already happening. Supply- yeah, we're, we're seeing it now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, supply chain shortages or breakdowns. The uh, why is there a shortage of gas at the pump in? Uh, the United Kingdom and, and increasingly probably in the United States. Why are prices going up so high? Why have coal prices quadrupled? Did we run out of coal all of a sudden? No, because they've mandated that energy producers are to be cut off from credit, which means that future exploration funds are being shut down now. As a result, they're creating the uh, uh, their own prophecy that peak oil has happened and now we're going to have a a slowdown and uh, shortages. It's just not true. It's another scientific fraud that's been enforced by financial manipulation. It's not that different from what happened in 1973 with Kissinger's oil hoax, or again in 78 with James Schlesinger's oil hoax, where all of a sudden there were shortages of oil and the price doubled overnight in the I don't know if people know this. Maybe some of your listeners are too young to know this, but there were gas lines throughout yep. the United States in 1973. Yep. And you could only get gas on days with with your license plate. Your last number was odd or even. If you had an even number, you could go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If it was odd, you could go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And there were long lines at the pumps. And there were people who were shot and killed when people tried to cut in front of the line at the pumps. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Harley, what's your take on what's coming in the United States, uh, especially as we're getting into an election year in 2022? Well, I'm uh, watching very closely what's happening in the Republican Party because you have two, two things going on. One is you have something which... I don't think makes a lot of sense that Donald Trump taking the position that people shouldn't vote for Republicans unless they solve the problem of 2020. You have other people like McConnell, who I don't trust either. McConnell saying, uh, we've got to put the past behind us. Well, the past is still shaping the present. And I'm not just talking about elections. I'm talking about Russiagate. We just talked about the fact that Christopher Steele is back in the news. Yeah. Uh, that the wars are continuing, that the war hawks are demanding an increased budget for weapon systems that aren't working. Yep. So, you know, it, it's not that the past is gone and we have to move ahead. The question is, who has a solution? And no one does. I've been watching this budget debate very closely. I just wrote an article about it today, about the fraud of the, the Biden budget and the opposition to it. Because the, the, there's no solution to this in, in what's being discussed in Washington. 
the solution to a budget crisis is you have to figure out how to ramp up production, physical goods production. And that means you need to re-regulate banking so that the credit that's generated is going to uh, productive enterprises. And if you can't do it through a Federal Reserve system, either shut it down or set up an alternative, which Franklin Roosevelt did with the Reconstruction Finance Corporation, which generated $33 billion in loans from 33 to 45, which went into things like 2 million miles of transmission lines, uh, the TVA, the Grand Coulee Dam, uh, roads, building of schools. The whole U.S. economy had a dramatic upgrade of productivity because of the investment in physical economy. And here's where you run into the problem. Biden is claiming his bill is the biggest since FDR. Well, there's a big difference between building dams that produce hydroelectric power, stop flooding, allow for improvements of agriculture, have fertilizer factories built next to them. There's a big difference between that and the Green New Deal, which says no dams, no power plants, uh, nothing productive unless it's green. So if you invest money in something that doesn't produce anything, you may be able to say, look, we're, we're making an effort, but it doesn't function. On the other side, you have the Republicans who still say that Roosevelt was all about building up big government. Yeah. Well, I think the millions of people who had no electricity before the rural electrification project were very happy that the government stepped in and, and forced the utility companies to provide electricity. So, you know, I, I think we've got to have a debate on what should you be know the what role the biggest problem is, Harley? The biggest problem is Americans don't understand the unique American system. They are divided on. Uh, on left and right, they're demanding uh, this is capitalism and that's socialism, and 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 there nobody's coming together. To be like, hey, look, corporations have a responsibility, governments have a responsibility, and all of us have a civic responsibility. The the it, it's insanity that we, that everything is an is a binary way of thinking, and it's an extreme. The capitalists are like, oh, it's got to be a complete anarcho, you know, like an anarcho capitalist, where they're like everything's anarchy, and. Uh, and it has to be in a way where uh, there's no governmental control, and the only thing the government should make is park benches. Then you got the far left, where just like everything has to be socialized, everything has to be centrally planned, everything has to be controlled. And people don't understand that the unique history of this country is a country where both there was a a, a responsible uh, a partnership, a responsible partnership between private sector and the public sector for the common good of the citizen, and that's what goes out of the window with both this binary thinking, Harley. That's, that's exactly right, V, and that's <clears throat> that's the point that I made in the article I wrote today. You know, the the whole question of who's the government representing, and the at this point, the government is pretty much controlled by private special interests, the corporate cartels, and so on. And people don't like what they're doing, but they don't know that, that then they blame it on, quote, government, unquote. Well, our government requires an active citizen participation. That's what the founding fathers said. You know, the famous saying that Ben Franklin was asked by someone, what kind of government did you give us? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. And that's the issue. It was Lincoln restated that government of, by, and for the people, not of, by, and for the corporate conglomerates. 
we had these fights throughout the 20th century. And one of the things the Republicans do is they attack um, Franklin Roosevelt by saying he built up too big a government. Well, the fact is that what the government did under FDR was help the private sector grow. You know, think about what Ford Motor Company did. Think about companies that were involved in con major construction projects after the war, the interstate highway system. That's really what government should do, not set up government companies to build these things, but make credit available so that people who uh, have the initiative to build these things and the ideas and the ingenuity to develop new technologies can get the damn credit which right now is only going to speculators. But th that, that sounds like something that the evil Chinese would do, Harley, the evil Chinese. Well, I, I just wrote some, I saw something funny today. There was an article written by someone in Italy about how George Washington mandated smallpox vaccines for his soldiers. Oh my God. And, you know, the idea that the founding fathers didn't have a problem with the idea that there's a, a higher, uh, necessity than so-called individual freedom. And so one of my associates wrote back and said, ah, evidence that George Washington was controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> oh, my God, smallpox. Hey, Holly, I have a video to show you. It's with uh, Biden. I'm trying to figure out what drugs what, or what cocktail of drugs he's on. Uh, amphetamines is in the top of my list. Now, watch him hold his, ha his hands up like a robot. Go ahead, TJ, play this. A quick, look, he doesn't let go. He's like holding it together. He's gone, Harley. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know. He, he's, he's concentrating. <laughs> Either that or he's trying to hold it together so he doesn't wind up like Jerry Nadler live in a town hall. You know, yeah, Jerry okay. Nadler had those accidents in his pants one time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> well, he's trying to show determination. Yeah. I, I well, he's already he, secretly committed us uh, to World War III. I don't know if you know that. He's he said if uh, if China attacks Taiwan, uh, the United States will respond in defense of Taiwan. Thank you. Well, Joe. then immediately after that, one of his spokesmen came out and said, uh, "No, we're sticking with the normal, the, the continuing Taiwan problem <laughs> uh, uh, program." Well, you know, he did the same thing. Uh, it was after he talked to Xi Jinping and he reaffirmed the One China policy. And then you had a series of statements about how we're going to back uh, Taiwan. The Wall Street Journal reported that we're training soldiers, that the U.S. intelligence and uh, uh, I can't remember exactly who it was. Uh, special forces were in Taiwan training the uh, Taiwanese army. I, I wonder if the Taiwanese army watched what those special forces were unable to do in Afghanistan. You know, war, military action is not a solution. You yeah. may have to fight a war if there's a, a really evil enemy that's doing something bad to you. But if there's not, you don't go looking for wars and you don't make the war economy the center of your economic practice. But what we have now is the military industrial complex and the so-called Wall Street financial real estate industry. Yeah. And outside of that, we've produced very little. No, trash, recyclables, uh, pornography. Uh, that's what we produce. Sports uh, journalists. Sports journalists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 uh, takeout pizza. We're very good at that. Ta takeout pizza, delivery pizza, am amazing. We're like the best. Thirty minutes or less, you can have a pie.
It's incredible. <laughs> very innovative. Very innovative. But you know, Germany, uh, they, they, they deliver them all by bicycle. So they're oh. not as war hot as they are in the U.S. <laughs> well, the way things are going uh, in Germany, you're not going to have any any electricity whatsoever. So mine will be delivered by bike, and it's going to be heated by a wooden stove. <laughs> well, either that or cold pizza, which was my favorite breakfast in college. There you go. Exactly Left right. Left from the night before. America Harley is a paper is a paper mache hammer looking for nails. That's that's all it is right now. A paper mache <laughs> hammer looking for nails. Unreal. Not realizing that the first impact on a hard nail will break the paper mache hammer. Well, I think that it, the, the important thing is for people in the United States to realize that the rest of the world is not quite as insane. They may be too weak to stand up against the Anglo-American NATO forces, but that doesn't mean they agree with them. And given the chance, uh, and this is why China is so much on the minds of the globalists. They thought they could turn China into a compliant, cheap labor source for U.S. corporations and that the Chinese would accept that in perpetuity. And the Chinese instead, at a certain point, did what a normal country would do to say, well, now that we've been producing and we've proven we can produce, we're going to go on and produce our own technologies and, and uh, outproduce you. Yep. And the idea that we have to then go to war with them because they're a threat, the so-called Thucydides uh, threat. Uh, yep. The Thucydides so, trap. Trap. Yep. Thucydides trap. That's right. So, you know, we need to keep in mind there's a bigger world. There are solutions. And I would encourage people to go to the Schiller Institute website and read this wake-up call, which essentially goes through how we can resolve some of these problems through collaboration. And you know, the, the potential to work with other countries that really want to work with us and that, that would benefit us as opposed to trying to weaken the sovereignty of other nations, which in the long run ends up weakening our own sovereignty, giving up our own sovereignty. Yep, exactly right. And Klaus Schwab, the idiot. You know, I found out what Klaus uh, his his net worth is. What? Can you take a guess? I mean, this guy's really propped up there, like some, he's some sort of evil genius. He's actually quite mediocre. But can you take a guess what his uh, his uh, his net worth is? Just just a guess, Harley. Oh, I don't know, a million. Oh, very good. One point one million. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know who he said his mentor was. Yeah, uh, was it uh, Kissinger? Kissinger, Kissinger. Right, right. Yep. Yep. We we will have a new well, Kissinger. Order. Kissinger knows how to do a lot of evil, but I don't think he makes a lot of money for people. No, he doesn't. He he's uh, he's a real sold out plutocrat. He um he's about getting his uh, his 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 uh, ideals out there. It's it's all about the mission for him. Well, and he was deployed by someone named William Yandel Elliot who was his mentor at Harvard, along with people like Samuel Huntington from the Clash of Civilizations. Yandel Elliott played a leading role in, in producing uh, Brzezinski and Madeleine Albright. And William Yandel Elliott said that the biggest mistake for the United States was to have a Republican constitution and a presidential system. The U.S. should have been a parliamentary system and should have remained tied to the British Empire. 
So, and he was a for many many years the the head of political science department at Harvard. Yeah, and he was also a technocrat. Yeah. Very well said. Harley, thank you so much for uh, coming on again and uh, and sharing this information with us. Folks, again, go over to the LaRoucheOrganization.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the SchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com, and register. Register. Get your email on there because uh, the, the the entire group, LaRouche Pack, as well as, I'm sorry, LaRouche Organization, as well as the Schiller Institute, they are constantly running events, and you want to be alerted to when the next event they do online so you can be a participant. It is an incredible learning experience. If you really want to get past the rhetoric, the axioms, the, the just the lingo and diatribe out there and really cut to the chase of what, how the world really works, get over there, SchillerInstitute.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com. Do it now. And with that being said, Harley, thank you so much for being on. See you next week. Take care. Cheers.